Welcome to GC Live in the speaking engagements of apologist, trainer, and pastor, Travis Marshall. We hope that you will be challenged by what you hear. Take a fresh look at the world around you and experience the God who loves you. Let's join Travis as he speaks to a live audience. All right, so again, welcome to everybody. Congratulations to all of our graduates. I'm really excited about what we have in store for you all today. And, and just take note of this. It will be a little bit different than what you're normally used to. And so my name is Justin, and I've had the privilege for the past four years and just ending the fourth school year to serve as a student pastor here at Christian World. And in the professional world, I'm an English teacher in seventh and eighth grade, junior high. And so both in my career and in my calling, I'm able to connect with students. Awesome. And I'm Travis. And for uh, the last few years, I've served as an executive pastor here at Christian World. And before that, I served as the student pastor. We're in the, we're in the same boat there. Um, for over 10 years, I was able to serve as a student pastor and pass it on to this wonderful young man. And also, in, in the professional world outside of ministry, I served for 18 years um, for a delivery company. So today, our hope is that with both of our unique experiences and past, that we are able to just share because that we've both worked with teens and students, and that we would be able to bridge the gap between a generational type message, bridge the gap between generations, and provide a generational type message, and one that will inspire every generation. Yeah, and the thing that's so difficult about this type of message is it's very hard to do alone. Um, usually when you do this, you, you tend to capitalize or, or really focus on one generation or the other, which is really exciting about this unique opportunity and task that Pastor George put before us. And so as we just get moving forward into this, I want you to know this and kind of understand uh, the, the vantage point of each one of us as we're speaking. I'm going to be speaking for uh, the, the, uh, the more seasoned generation. I like how you put that. Generation, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm representing this generation, and, and by the way, I'm at the last part of that generation before it switched, okay? But I'm still representing a generation where there were eight tracks. Can I get an Amen cassette tapes. We had black and white. I remember my first black and white TV. It had three channels that we could access and rabbit ears. How many of y'all remember rabbit ears? All right. Good deal. So whenever we broke down in a car, we had to go find a payphone and scrounge up a quarter or a dime or something and put it in there. In our buildings, we were used to the plain fluorescent lighting, um, and we were used and we're used to the punching a time clock in and out every day. We respect things like hard work. Um, we respect authority. Um, we respect and we, we, we remember the family meals when we would all sit around the table and, and have these meals. Game time for my generation involved actually rummaging through these cardboard boxes to pull out a game board with plastic pieces and paper money. Yeah? And whenever we came to Sunday, it was all about wearing our, quote, our Sunday best, right? And our generation was known for believing in things like objective, absolute truth, objective morality, and everybody that you knew was a quote, unquote, Christian. And it's so funny because my generation, the, ge the generation that I'm representing today, our questions are, what are rabbit ears? 
and an A-track tape. Okay, we see those things in museums. Right. And right. my generation is driven and led by social connection. I'm representing the generation for the mid to late 20s and everyone younger than that. And we're driven by being socially connected. We are confident, we're self-expressive, we are connected and upbeat, we are open to change. We have the don't call me, but friend me, tweet me, Facebook, send me a message type mentality or mindset. And we are, everything happens at a touch of a button or the touch of a screen. We can do everything from our smartphones. And we are the generation that created the selfie, you know? And so that's our generation. Oh, I can't do it. But see, that's our generation. You have to. We are the generation that has grown up with cable TV our entire lives. We don't know what black and white TV is. If we see black and white, we think it's old. We rave over music and pop culture that can be streamed from the internet. We can see things done in live time and in things that are uh, done mainstream. We, why play outside when we have multimedia devices, gaming systems that vie for our attention? There's no reason to play outside. We want our jobs to be convenient. We want them to be comfortable because if they're not, then we may or may not stay in that particular position. Because of this, my generation has learned to be tolerant. We've learned to be complacent. My generation has learned to be very liberal and, again, tolerant. We have every kind of belief. There is an option for everything. And when it comes to beliefs, if we have every kind and we're not allowed to challenge that belief, if it, we're not allowed to challenge the belief of others unless we have no faith at all. Yeah, so true. And so I see all the shaking heads nodding in agreement for uh, some of it's more accusatory nodding. Yeah, and that's okay. And then some of it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'll own that. And so if, if you're here with us and you're identifying with, with either my generation or the generation that Justin's representing, you may also be saying that and noticing that it feels like there's this missing link. It feels like there's this missing link, and it's among maybe at least two and maybe even like three generations. And so you may be asking yourself, how did this change happen so quickly, and where is this disconnect? When did it begin? How did it start? Right, and this is what brings us to our first passage in Judges chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 10 through 12. And in this passage, this is where we're told, start with verse 10, and all that generation. Everybody say, that generation. That generation. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation. Say, another generation. Another generation. After them who did not know the Lord, they did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And verse 11 says, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord and their God of their fathers. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. So we believe in this passage, in the, in the scripture today, that it gives us some very specific and important insight into sometimes what we view as a hopeless situation. But first, we want to encourage you 
And here's how we want to encourage you. We want you to think that it doesn't have to be abandoned. Our generations do not have to be abandoned, but they can be blessed. Amen. It does not have to be hopeless, but hope, hope requires action. And that action is that we, we should believe that because of the generations that we live in, that if we could learn from just this, this thought, that from the mistakes that Israel made from the past and to be more proactive rather than reactive in our thoughts, in our values, in our mindsets, then we can redeem our generation and restore future generations. Amen. That's good. So, Justin, it's almost like this. It's, it's almost like if, if each generation could just sit down for a few minutes yeah. With, like without their phones. That's hard. Right? Without their phones for just a few minutes and be real with each other. Um, maybe they could express their wishes for the other generation. And so I think the conversation would be very detailed. They would, it would be a learning experience for all. And it'd probably go a little something like this in a segment that we're going to call We Wish You Knew. All right. So, Justin, we wish that your generation knew that we have some real-life experience and some wisdom that we can offer you. In our generation, we wish that you knew that mm. we value your opinion. Wow. So we wish that you knew that we struggle with, with, with how to meet you where you're at. And we wish you knew that we struggle to understand where we're at ourselves. Mm. All right. That's true. Now we're having some good dialogue, okay? So we wish you knew, we wish that your, gener your generation knew that we feel like we don't matter anymore in your world. And we wish that you knew that we feel like we don't matter in your world or our world. Oh, wow. So let's keep moving. Um, we wish that you knew that we want you to open up to us and, and let us in whenever we ask you about what's going on in your life. And we wish that you knew that we want you to take the first step, that we want you to draw it out of us and take the first lead. Okay, so we wish you knew, and this is a big one, we wish you knew that it takes hard, consistent work in this world to make it in life. And, and we wish that you knew that we want to be involved in that hard work so that way we can learn the process and experience it with you so that way we can know. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so we wish that you knew that, that life and this world, it's, it's not going to just bow down to you, that you've got to go out and get it. And we understand, but we wish you knew that we're trying so hard to please you and others that we feel like we never are going to be good enough. Wow. So we wish that you knew, and this is, this is huge, we wish that you knew that this world is full of pressures, full of pressures every day to cave in to the enemy. And it grieves, it really, it just, it bears into our heart to think that you would ever give yourself over to sin and the painful life choices and the painful consequences that those things, that those choices bring. And we wish that you knew that we know that there's pressures out there. We deal with those pressures every day. Mm. Yet, you keep reminding us but we need more than just a reminder. Absolutely. We need you to encourage us. We need you to help us. You need, we need you to help us even if it seems like we're not listening. So we wish you knew that nothing, that nothing 
is more important than your relationship with the Lord. Every day, you should be praying, reading, and memorizing his word. And we wish you knew that we need to see you doing the same mm. things. Mm. We need you to pray with us. Come on. We need you to read with us. Amen. Amen. We need you to train us in these things so that way we can realize that these are the most important. Amen. So as we finish out that little dialogue, we want you to understand as, as student pastors, we've been put in the unique position to, to hear both sides of this conversation. These aren't just theoretical ideas and just things we're just kind of throwing out there to be clever. These are real conversations that we had. And as we went through the week, just preparing for this message, these were conversations from the teen side and from the younger generation side, not just with the teens, but from that younger generation side to, to the, to the seasoned generation side, the one I'm representing it, they're real conversations. And so again, it gives us the opportunity to just share that with you. It's a powerful dialogue, isn't it? Do you see how easy that type of thing is? And truly, we want everyone to see that this chasm, this great divide, this differences between each of these generations, really, it's only an imagined one, one that we have made up in our own minds. That's right. Technology didn't cause it. And different preferred music styles didn't call it. That's right. It. The look of the church building didn't cause it either. Right. The different styles of dress didn't cause it. That's right. See, we see clearly from Judges chapter 2, this chasm, this, this great divide, this, this breach came from two things, a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge, and a lack of experience being passed on to the next generation. So this means that everyone, everyone needs three types of people in their lives, three different personalities. And the first one, the first type is that everyone needs a Paul in their life. This Paul is someone that's going to check on you, someone that is going to know you, one that will N-O know you, and then one that will K-N-O-W know you. This person, this Paul, is going to guide you, they're going to equip you, and they are going to pray over you. And the second type, after the Paul personality, is a Barnabas. You need a Barnabas. Yeah, and that, Barnab that Barnabas personality type and that friendship and that relationship type is this is someone who, who comes alongside. They encourage you. They challenge you. This is a peer-level relationship. They pray with you. And then lastly, we want a Timothy in our life. All our lives, we need to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. And this Timothy, this is where it flips. This is where you pay it forward. This is someone who you can now, now guide, somebody you have experience and knowledge to pass on to, somebody that you can teach, somebody that you can check on, admonish, equip, and pray over. So those three types, again, the first one was a Paul, the second was a Barnabas, and the third was a Timothy. And a few applicable and practical ways that we can do this is first, for my generation, we have to learn to put this away. Although it's hard, the distractions, we have to be intentional with the people that we are in life with, and we have to be intentional with our family and with our mentors. Amen. And to my generation, leave the work at work where it belongs. When you come home, when you come back into that setting where you have an opportunity to impart to that younger generation, be there, be visible, be present, 
be, be kind of all in, and we like to use that phrase, be all in with that family time. Leave that work at work. Here's another one. Establish some clear boundaries. This is, again, for my generation as you interact with, with, the, youngers, uh, with the younger ones. These boundaries, it's not just about this, you know, knowing because I said so. These are boundaries that are good. They're healthy. They're life-giving. They're, they're boundaries that grow with, with maturity and trust. Again, please, please don't just say no. This is, a, this is a generation, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a generation that is desperately seeking a why. That's true. Give them a reason for that. No, it's a teachable moment. You get a few because I told you so. It's a few. Oh, boy, it's getting quiet in here in Christian world. Because you're called to mentor. You're called to mentor that next generation. And something that my generation struggles with is to realize that a simple and genuine yes, sir, or no, sir, yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, that it will go a long way. Also, that a please and a thank you when you receive something or when you take something, it also, it shows consistently, showing politeness. And as you do that, as you show politeness in these areas of your life, it's going to afford you great opportunity and will put you in places because people will notice that you're different by the way that you act and the way that you represent yourself. It will put you and afford you great opportunities throughout your lifetime. That's good. That's good. So again, to my generation, if you've treated a, uh, your child, your niece, your nephew, your, your grandchild, a uh, student, whoever it may be, if, if you treated them their whole life, like you're trying to be their friend first or only, don't be surprised when they don't receive you when you all of a sudden try to speak into their life as a mentor. And let me tag into that again just with my generation real quick. If you, being a part of my generation and, and, and up, if, if you feel that you're becoming invisible in the church, Serve somewhere. It's, it's a simple response that serves somewhere. You want to be visible, make yourself visible. Be involved. You heard us talk about the volunteers of the month, and we're so happy every time we get to celebrate these amazing people that are literally their world changers and life changers. So be visible here in Christian world. And with my generation, we love to be seen. And we want and would love that opportunity to serve alongside with you because there's so many teachable moments that as we serve together, we can, my generation, you can invest mm. into us so that way we can learn and have great experiences together. Absolutely. And again, to, to my generation, never, never stop learning, never stop growing, never feel like you've arrived at the place where your spiritual growth is, is, is done. This is, it's a lifelong pursuit. Teach and share those life experiences with us so that way we can hear about your stories. We want to know about those experiences, about your personal devotion time, about your prayer life, about you, how reading the word impacts your life so that way the things that you're doing in your life will impact our lives for our generation. Absolutely. So 
when we do these things, we, we talked about a few practical steps. So when we do these things, what can we expect? We talked about the abandoned generation. What about, what about the, the, flip side, the flip side of that? Well, and as we take a look at Psalms 112, verses 1 through 9, we see and hear about a blessed generation. And it starts like this in verse, chap- in, uh, verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. If we yeah, want to be a yeah, blessed yeah. generation, then we truly have to praise the Lord. Amen. No matter what that looks like, we have to praise our, praise our God and to praise the Lord. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He's gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be removed. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He'll not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Amen. If you want to be a part of a blessed generation, why don't you just lift up your voices and clap your hands and just proclaim, just say, I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. Nudge the person next to you and say, you're blessed. Amen. So here's what we want to do. We're going to go ahead and bring up our ushers at this time. We're going to uh, receive uh, uh, the tithe and receive the offering. We're going to ask that nobody's moving around at this point uh, through the remainder of service because here's what we want to do. Uh, we're going to take this up. We're going to pray, and then we're going to take it up. We're going to remind you of, you of a few things going on this week and over the next few weeks. And then uh, Pastor Justin and I have just a few closing points um, in our heart that we just want to share with you as we close out. So why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer? Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to sow into good soil. Lord, we thank you for all that Christian world does for everybody from the cradle all the way up. We thank you that this is a church that recognizes the multi-generations, the multiple generations that we are comprised of. And God, we just pray that this would stir our hearts and challenge our hearts today. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, as you know, there's, there's three different ways that you can give. One online, the other one uh, text to give, and the other one is an envelope that's located right in front of you. Um, and, and while they're taking that up, I want to remind all of our guests, we don't want you to feel under any compulsion. This is for our members, those who call Christian World their home. This is just one other extension of our, of our worship. And again, before we close out with a few final thoughts, as they're receiving that, I want to just remind you of a few things. We here at Christian World are right in the middle of our summer semester of small groups. We're really excited about this. We've got over 20 different groups that are meeting all days of the week, I believe, all all evenings, mornings, stuff like that. Uh, We encourage you to join a group, be a part of a group, get connected in. It's your way to be visible. It's your way to learn and and to pull from different generations and from each other so you can do that by going online if there's any questions they'll be out there in the lobby to answer uh, any any questions you may have and then also just so everybody knows we've had a little bit of a schedule change so that we can 
uh, free up some of our, our, our midweek so that you can join that group. But here's what we've done. We've taken our Monday night prayer into our Wednesday evening uh, services, our Wednesday night half times, and we've combined them and moved those both to uh, a Tuesday evening at 6.30. So from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., we come in for uh, some praise, some prayer, and some word. This is something that's led by Pastor Nathan. He does a great job, and we're excited about this over the course of the next couple of months. And so we just encourage you to be a part of that. So again, our Monday and our Wednesday nights are going to be moving to Tuesdays just while we're doing our summer semester of small groups. Justin, I'm going to just go ahead and open the open the floor for you, and then, then I may come back in here in just a moment. But why don't you just share some things for your heart? Well, as we talk about this abandoned versus blessed generation, I think about myself. I'm 25, and I, I've come to this church. I've been here now for 11 years. And before I came to Christian World, a... I am a product of a generation that came before me. Um, there was a man that came and randomly, or I thought randomly, uh, knocked on my door and invited me to be a part of a bus ministry. And this was very unique to me because this had um, this was the first time it was my initial introduction to church. But what uh, this man did, his name was Roy Capeman, and I won't forget him because because of his generation and the things that he had learned from a previous generation, he invested into me and he uh, had a bus ministry, took me to church and uh, would bring Christmas gifts and really took the time to make a difference in my life by just being there and just the practical teaching, the life applications that he shared with me. It allowed me just as a young man to really know that who I am in Christ as a teenager, I would hear individuals here at Christian World say, well, you know, things aren't like they used to be in the way that we used to do church, or I, I wish we could do it the way that it used to be done, because things are always changing. However, my question when comments like that would be made is, what's different now? What's it, what's, why is it that my generation can't experience what the other generation did? And so I was so interested to know what that felt like and to know what it was to have good church or to be a part of a generation that had real church. And so as I would talk with other individuals of the other generation, they just began to invest and to impart in me. People like Pastor Travis, who was my student pastor, he took the time to invest in another generation so that way we would not be forgotten about. Because here's what it boils down to. If one generation neglects the other, a generation will be lost. And we cannot afford for a generation to be lost. We have to continue my generation. We have to be receptive. We have to be open and available to instruction because a lot of times we feel as though that we know it all, that we can do everything on our own because of just our own mindsets. Yet we are really crying out and hungering for someone to be connected with us so that way we truly can be a part of this world to have a greater part in the kingdom so that way we can be effective for Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, that's good. It's appropriate. So just as a reminder, our, our theme really that we're trying to run through and just really make sure you take this away with you 
is that we have this choice together. Our generations together decide this. Abandoned or blessed. It's our challenge to you and to ourselves that we can redeem our now together so that we can rescue our future. I want to tell you a couple of stories. And one of them was, was, was like yours, but it was almost a a little bit of a different ending. So I remember, and this is something I know you can attest to, a student pastor, something that kind of goes with the job is uh, every now and then we have to give a ride. Um, usually it's because, you know, parents are having to work or there's just a, just a crazy situation or, or whatever it may be. But I remember early into uh, being a student pastor, there was a, a family um, that, that I was close to personally. And so it just kind of became the norm. I would come and pick up uh, their, their, their teens uh, to bring them up to student ministry on our, on our worship nights on Wednesday. And there was one conversation that absolutely floored me when it, when it occurred. I didn't, I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't anticipate it. And it just hit me in a way that I haven't forgotten since. And every time I get a chance to share this, I do, because I want to challenge my generation with this. So I would give the call Wednesday after Wednesday, and there was one Wednesday where the parent answered the phone, and I said, hey, is so-and-so, you know, I'm I'm on my way. Um, uh, I'll be leaving here in a few minutes, something like that. Um, Are they going to be coming to church tonight? And I never forget what the parents said. You know, they were, you know, yelling from the phone towards their kids, you know, trying to get their attention so they could, you know, ask a question. You know how we parents do. And they said this. So-and-so, we'll call her Susie. I don't know. Susie, are you wanting to go to church tonight? She said that, and it hit me like something never has before. If there could be any more irrelevant question that our generation can ask is, are you wanting to go to church tonight? There's nothing that matters any less than that. But you see, what happened is this. This parent got comfortable with somebody else being the primary spiritual caregiver their children this isn't gonna work we get them for three hours a week maybe and that's verse a 40 hour week in a high school that is trying to destroy their faith we can't be the primary caregivers of this next generation it's up to you it's up to all of us together We as parents, we as aunts and uncles and grandparents, mentors, coaches, teachers, and all the like, it's up to us to join together, to impart knowledge, to impart experience, and all these other things that we've talked about to this next generation. Because we want them to be blessed, yes? We don't want them to be abandoned. We want them to be blessed. We're responsible for that. You've got to ask yourself the question in Judges, why didn't they know the Lord? Was it their fault? 
Was it their fault they didn't know the experience of what all God had done? No, it was the generation that missed making sure that they knew. So I want to just offer one last story. And then we have something very specific we want to do during our altar time together. I remember, this is my story. I remember being five, six years old, kindergarten, first grade, whatever that age time is. And I remember at 5.15 a.m. every weekday morning for months, it may have been years, I don't, I don't really remember. But it was, it was a long period of time. Every weekday morning, 5.15 a.m., lights would flip on. Hey, son, wake up. It's time. And my dad would come down to my level, tell me he loved me. We would open up scripture. I'd be made to memorize scripture at 5.15, 5.30 in the morning. And then he teach me how to get down on my knees by the bed. He would teach me how to pray. I've never forgotten that. I'm 36. That was 30 years ago. You tell me these kids don't remember the things that we do for them? You better believe it. It's what shapes their lives. And they didn't stop there. Pastor George jokes around about about having a drug problem. I had a drug problem. My parents drugged me into church on Sunday morning, Monday night, Wednesday night, revival time. They drugged me every time. And, and again, I, I didn't need a lot of coaxing. I like being here. But here's why. It's because they did everything they could. Then they brought me to a pastor who has a heart for God. And they put me in position to be connected to great men and women of God who became my Sunday school teachers. I think I have been in almost every one of these rooms in a Sunday school class either receiving knowledge or imparting that same knowledge. Never forgotten many of those lessons. You play a role. You play a role. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of GC Live, a live recording experience of Grilled Christian Podcast. You can connect with us by going to our website, www.grilledchristian.com. From there, you can like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, watch our YouTube channel, read our blog, and listen to all our audio podcasts. We believe in engaging our culture through conversation towards Christ.